Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel, it's the Eagle Hour, the Thursday edition of where we talk about nothing but Southern Miss. Happy to have you along, Luke Johnson in Laurel, Kelly Sander and Michael Mergens in Hattiesburg. Bob out for the rest of the week. He'll be back next week, but a great show for you. Uh, today, we'll look at uh, the Southern Miss uh, series against Louisiana Lafayette coming up a little later in the show. Head basketball coach Jay Ladner set to join us here in just a second. But uh, the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour first segment brought to you every day by our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue, located at 50 Cross Creek Parkway in Hattiesburg, right beside Turtle Creek Mall. The Man, just some mouth-watering, all kinds of... Uh, your protein fix. You just go there. Sausage, brisket, ribs, all kinds of stuff. They got all the fixings as well, and they can cater your next event. Kelly's favorite part is that he goes in there and, and eats Dickies and then gets some of that free ice cream, and you can do it every single day at Dickies Barbecue. Happy to have joining us on the, uh, the show today as their season uh, wrapped up earlier in the week. Jay Ladner, head basketball coach for the Golden Eagles, and uh, Coach, we really appreciate your time today uh, joining us on the Eagle Hour. Always. Uh, I've told y'all this many times. Y'all have a great show. I appreciate what y'all do for the university and the athletic program, and I'm always honored to be. I enjoy listening when I'm not when I'm not on, so uh, I, I appreciate y'all having me on. So, Coach, uh, this past Tuesday, Eagles, man, you guys came out uh, on fire in the second half and built a lead, and, and I guess uh, with the way that we tossed around it the other day, it was like Tuesday night's game was was a, a microcosm or a, a synopsis of, of how the season went. You get behind early, you fight back, you claw back, kids never give up, and then just uh, you lose it kind of at the end. Your thoughts first and foremost uh, about Tuesday night? Well, first of all, I think you're exactly right, and uh, it, it was a, a microcosm. I actually said the same thing. I, I don't know if I was smart enough, Luke, to use that word because um, <laughs> I had to kind of think about exactly what that meant, but I'm assuming you meant <laughs> the way the season went, so I kind of added that all together. No, I'm picking about that, but the uh, it was. Uh, first of all, I, I'm really proud of our team. I, they if if you watch the game start to finish, I mean, and I've, of course, had an opportunity to even watch it again this morning, um, just battled and, and played with great effort. and they, So all, all that's great. And, uh, uh, but, you know, of course, got, got behind a little bit. Uh, and, you know, the, the, trying to use that and not that making, letting that be a mental thing with our team. I'll tell you what I told them at halftime. I said, guys, this is the closest we've been to Rice. In, in the, the three games that we play, I said, so we're good. And, you know, every, each time, uh, of course, the second time we came back and uh, in, 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 in maybe should have won that in the second game that we played in Houston. But anyway, uh, it, it, exactly what it is. I will say this. I thought our team in the second half for the first 14 minutes played as well as we played all year on both ends. 
uh, and meaning meaning defensively, offensively. We we got in sync finally offensively. A lot of that was triggered by our defense. We got a stop after stop. We rebounded the ball well. Again, I echoed it by by watch what I saw this morning. Deflected a lot of balls. Very active on defense, and I just thought we did a a great job and, and offensively we were we were playing in transition and then when we had to play in the half court we were executing well but but for and it, as our our has been our achilles heel uh, all year we we got into a situation where we're leading six with roughly six minutes to play six minutes in a few seconds and uh we don't score another field goal for some reason and we were in such a great rhythm at I'm not sure, uh, you know, we were uh, what what happened. We were running the same things, had the same personnel out there. It just we just we were just very inconsistent. Uh, and I and I put more of the blame on our offensive side of the basketball. We were just very inconsistent throughout the year, but we just played beautifully those first 14 minutes. But the bottom line is to win games like that, and especially against the team. Again, uh, I was telling Kelly prior to the show, uh, you know, they they turn around and, and beat Marshall. Uh, from the east side, they're the number three seed from the east side uh, last night. So they're they're still playing. Of course, we felt like we lost to a very good and talented team. But you've got to yeah. you got to play for forty minutes, and that's that's where we 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 struggled. And uh, you know you you can kind of look back at every single game, every single series, and and we were, you know, we were right there almost a lot of times within the last minute or two minutes, and. Uh, that we struggled to make big shots. We struggled to we struggled maybe at times to get a big stop and, and finish games. So uh, we've we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, met with our strength coach. I mean, that, just to let you know, every we're evaluating, reevaluating everything from from myself uh, throughout our staff. Uh, again, met with our strength coach already this morning as we begin our preparations for next year already. Uh, of course, recruiting. Uh, we 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 had a. Uh, a, a big recruiting meeting as soon as that game was over with, uh, deep into the morning uh, on, on Tuesday night. So wheels are rolling already from next year, but there were a lot of good things. Uh, you know, four of uh, we had four uh, recruits uh, from this this past year's class finish that game out there the other day, and a number of other guys that were yeah. playing for the first, you know, this year for their first time the Golden Eagles. So our recruiting class was very good. We just we've got to put to another good class and get some specific needs uh, together, and again. Do a good, do a good job in our overall cycle of, of training throughout the year with strength, conditioning, skill development, uh, and then when those when our new players get here in uh, in, in the first of June, that that uh, get those guys buying into our way of doing things. But I, I do think it may not be as, as evident to our fan base, and then of course uh, the win loss record, which was what it all comes down to. But we're not far away, and, and our players know that. They continue to battle throughout the year, and they believed in what we're doing and i think they're excited already about getting started for next year and i am too kelly yeah I, coach I want, the first half it's it seemed to me that we just had the eagles had difficulty getting inside the second half you guys were were getting inside shots what was the difference well i, I think our, our guard play was of course uh, a, a lot better in the in the in the second half we we You'll go back, Kelly, and if, if you had the opportunity to, like I do, to be able to look at the film, we turned the basketball over a few times in the first half where we had, or, or sometimes just didn't throw the basketball when we had guys open. And we had, of course, Tyler Stevenson, who means so much to us. But, uh, of course, that was one thing we talked about at halftime, of, of making sure that, that our best offensive threat get the basketball and immediately out of the second half I thought we did so much a better job of that and once we did it really opened everything else up too and uh, 
so so you're making a good point uh, that that we we didn't do a great job of getting the basketball in there the first half, but we did a much better job the second half, and it was amazing how uh, I don't want to say it was amazing. That's not not any big secret. Once once he began to touch the ball, we began to score. How much better our offense was, and it wasn't just him. Other guys were playing off of that because of the attention he got. Now I will say this: he he uh, later in the year because of of how. Uh, well, uh, Tyler had done. He was, you know, he, every time he touched the ball in the low post area, he was getting double teamed, including the other night for 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 forty minutes. And uh, that's a credit to him that other teams have to do that. But it's also a challenge to myself, our staff, and other players. Let's get enough good, other good players around him that they can't they can't go double team one player and play three versus four on other guys. And, they have to pay for that if they do. Now, that's, now, that's a big challenge. Now, one of the things, Coach, that you challenged your team midway through the season is you, you questioned the toughness of, of the guys wanting to go underneath and, and into the land of the Giants there and get banged around a little bit. Yep. Did they toughen up to your satisfaction toward the end of the year? I, I, well, I, Kelly, not, not ever to my satisfaction. Uh, you're, you're a basketball guy from way back, and I, I'll probably never be satisfied. I want, I want Southern Miss teams to embody what – the ideal of Southern Miss is, and that's just blue-collar toughness, nasty bunch type attitude. I want us to have that on the floor, um, and we're not we're not the most big, big physical team. But I will say this: we we made a we did make a we challenged them. We made a tremendous um, uh, uh, in there was a tremendous intent at practice in terms of being more physical and uh, uh, drills designed to be more physical. Of course, you've got a 14-year NBA veteran with Coach. Weatherspoon, you know, uh, who, who, that was his game, and I mean, just everything that we could throw at him in 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 terms of, I mean, we must have worn out five five of those pads uh, that 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 you get, you know, those football blocking pads. We having them just, you know, constantly hitting our players and so forth, where they got tough. But I will say this: they got tougher and more physical as the year went on, and I was proud of that. And if you watch DeAndre Pinkney, I think is a really great example. Uh, of that, yeah. and how he began to be able to score inside and, uh, and, and, and inside in traffic, but all of our guys did. Still not where it needs to be, but what we really need to have, Kelly, is a we we need through recruiting to get a bigger, stronger guy in there because, of course, Fiedler, six uh, eleven kid uh, for for um, uh, uh, Rice, and then mm-hmm. you know Shillings for Florida Atlantic. I'm kind of just backing up from the teams that we played at UAB. Uh, uh, Louisiana Tech had several guys. UTEP, big guys. We've we've got to get bigger. Our guys, we're we're of course it doesn't take a genius to look down there and see. We're we're just a little too light in the tail uh, in the post and uh, need to get you know Tyler Stevenson's best game is not necessarily back to the basket. His best game is facing the basket and playing maybe in the four position. Yeah. Same thing with Pinkney. Well, actually, Pinkney's skilled enough. He probably could play the three. In turn, if we wanted to go big, and and, and, we'll, and coach, like that, but we just—that's what we need. And coach, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. There's talk about Tay Hardy going to the two. We'll talk about recruiting yep. some of those pieces that are headed to Hattiesburg, and some pieces we'd like to get to Hattiesburg as we continue our discussion with Golden Eagle men's basketball coach Jay Ladner. The Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Continuing on this Thursday second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark. Located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Big yellow building. Got everything that you need to cheer on the Golden Eagles. Uh, With that 
opening capacity, increased capacity, so many more of you going to be able to come to the Pete this weekend and uh, watch the Golden Eagles take on uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Hey, stop by Campus Bookmark on the way in, and, and uh, we, we need to talk about this uh, later in the show, Kelly. It's, it's actually Parrot Head Night tomorrow night, and so... Uh, course get you a brand new hat and i think they still may be online may be selling campusbookmark.net exclusive selling you parrot head jerseys and those will, will be there well tomorrow. i learned i learned luke I, I can't ever wear too much yellow because little kids come up to me wanting <laughs> wanting big birds autograph you know <laughs> uh, that's good. but yeah you can you can go on there right now i, I think i looked uh, earlier in the week and the parrot head jerseys are there the course the eagles will wear them Tomorrow night uh, against the Raging Cajuns. We continue with Jay Ladner, head men's basketball coach, graciously uh, joining us, giving us some time today as the Eagles wrap up their season this weekend. Coach, we were talking during uh, the break. Uh, you know, offseason allows some shifting around, and uh, I think it became apparent this year, and you were talking about it a little bit, that, that Tay Hardy appears to be more of a true two, and so we know going into the offseason uh, you're going to go after a true point guard. What are some other – and talk about that and some other – pieces that you're looking to add in the offseason? Well, we would like to get three. Uh, we, we've prioritized three positions. And let's, let's put it this way. If we don't sign another point guard, we feel very comfortable with Tay. I just think it makes our team better to have a, a uh, Tay can score the ball. He, he's a he's, he's, he's strong driver. He can shoot the basketball. So I think, I think with Tay, it helps Tay uh, to have someone that can, can – focus on just running the team but Tay's a great leader and had a great year for us really began to come into his own I think as the season went on and, and real proud of himself let's just say we didn't get the right guy for our program I would feel very comfortable with Tay there at the one but I do think it like I said I think it helps him and helps our team uh if, if we were able to sign a quarterback uh, out there that that's focused sure. on running the team and getting the basketball to our scores now uh, so, so, but there's we prioritize three positions. So one of them, of course, is as, as we just discussed and you mentioned, is a is a is a pure point guard. Tay's, of course, what we would consider more of a combo a guy that can 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 play. Is really a two man, but that can play the one. The second one we need. The, the second priority is we need to find a. As, and Kelly and I kind of talked about this in the first segment. A big, a big strong, big strong. Uh, a rim protector, defender, got to be athletic, got to have to have good hands, got to be able to run the floor, but someone that can help us defend the size that we face inside our league. Um, we're, we're small in, in compared to those guys. Tyler Stevenson, of course, DeAndre Pinkney, both of those guys, you know, you, you think, well, they're not really small. Well, 6'7", and, and at our level of Division One is not very big, and, and six, and, you know, it's so – and, and, and neither one of those guys, all those guys are strong and, and for their size, they're not they're not what we're talking about. All the, the other teams, six eleven, seven feet. Uh, Jemison from UAB, who who transferred from Clemson to UAB, big, he looks like a big bodybuilder and really athletic and makes things very difficult in there. And, and the other side of that is 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 our smaller guys. It, they have to expend so much energy and effort. Of, of defending someone with big size in the low post, it takes a lot of it, – it zaps them. It takes away from their offensive game and their ability to maybe run the floor and play. So uh, 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 Schillings, we just played from uh, the seven-foot kid from um, Florida Atlantic, a fielder, seven-footer from Rice that we just played. 
we we got to find someone that that can help us defend those. And again, just the same analogy of Tay Tay playing a little bit out of position, out of necessity. Tyler Stevenson is his most effective part of his game. He certainly can play with his back to basket, but he's he's most effective in the mid range, 15, 16 feet, where he can catch the ball, uh, shoot it from there, or drive the ball there, and freeze him up really to to get in there to the offensive glass as well. So those yeah. those two spots, and then our last spot, we would like to just sign. Uh, I've got it on. I'm st- as we're talking to you, I'm, I'm talking to you from my office, and I'm looking at my recruiting board. And the the last I have titled under that column is is a, just BG. And there's not really a position in basketball called a BG, but a bucket getter is what it's for. It's just it's a guy that can at the end of the shot clock. We I thought we really struggled uh, for guys to be able to create their own shots. A guy that can get the bat where there's five or six seconds left on the shot clock and can go make a play, can rise up and shoot and make a jumper or, or drive. We, 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 we were victim a number of times, I thought, this year. And, again, if you look back over the course of the year, how many close games that we lost that were not far away. Uh, if, if, if we have, we've got to do a good job, and I'm starting telling you with myself and staff, we've got to do a good job of filling in a few of these pieces, and, and, but that third position being a bucket getter, just a guy that can go score the ball, get you some points when there's not – something developed yeah. off of your set patterns or offense coach uh, and and that's a that that's a real good I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that too because i think golden eagle fans i've had some fans ask me you know you look at how many three-pointers we shot this year i think we were like 199 less than our opponents and yeah. a, a bg like that would possibly create more three-pointer shot right no question now, well there's two things to, to be honest with you the point guard going to create a lot of that if we could get a a really a ultra quick uh, uh, Kelly used the term kind of going back in the day an Elliot Perry type a Randy Pettis type uh, uh, that the guys that can drive the ball the difference and let's let's look at that team that that Kelly's referring to back in the in the eighties with with Keys and Casey Fisher John White Derek Hamilton those guys were positionless we were playing positionless basketball at Southern Miss before there was even a term, but all those guys could drive the ball. Those were all bucket getters. Every one of them were bucket getters. And uh, those are guys that could create their own shot and play with each other and drive the ball. But it would help our other guys that, that – let's just say Tay Hardy. Tay's a good player, and he's, he's our best that we have at being able to go drive the ball as, a paired, as compared to a Ladavia Strain who's just wrapping up a, an incredible career here. Well, drain not so much. It, drain was, is, is dependent on a, a player like Ladavius who can catch and shoot is really dependent on someone else getting penetration and getting him the ball in open space. That's what we're talking about. Of course, we want to continue to recruit at a high level and get a bunch of guys like the four I just mentioned that can all go do, do all those things anyway. But if you have a great point guard, Tyree Griffin, for instance, Ladavius' best year – he had here was when Tyree Griffin was the point guard for Coach Sadler. He could really drive the ball, get in inside the paint, force the defense clap, collapse, and kick it out. Well, we 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 struggled to do that at times this year. So that 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 the bucket getter, uh, of course, can would be able to do that on his own. And, and having a good, quick uh, 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 point guard that can create for others, I think, will will, will help all of our players until we can get our. Uh, our, our, our roster exactly where we want it. But I do think that we made great progress. I was proud of our team. It's not as necessarily 
in the win-loss records, but highly competitive in every game. You look at all the teams in the league and the ones that even won the league, and we had opportunities to win those games. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, not deterred. In fact, I'm excited about about where we're heading in the future and excited about recruiting. Well, I'm glad you clarified the BG thing, Coach, because I was going to say the only, <laughs> the only one left is Barry. Uh, Barry Gibb. <laughs> I love, hey, hey, you're talking my era now. now look, I love it. I love it. I, I, had, I grew up with two older sisters, so I'm all about the 70s, Kelly. Uh, in the 70s and the 80s. And you throw out the BGs, and I start thinking about my. I can still remember my sisters and them listening to all that music and getting ready to go to Cash McCool's and in uh, uh, down on Broadway uh, Drive, Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, you know those places. And uh, so anyway, that brings up good memories. No, I love. I'm a BG. I'm a BG fan. I love Saturday Night Fever. All right, real quick, I know you got to get going. My final question for you is, based on what you just said on getting the, the, the point guard and the big men, let's use that example, it's not like you can go to Dollar General and, and get either one of those, <laughs> all right? So the skill set of a point guard or the physical stature of a big guy, which is tougher to find? Uh, you know, those are both difficult, but I tell you this, to find a, to, to find a real – point guard. I'm not talking about somebody that just plays the one. I'm talking about a quarterback. It's as difficult as finding a, a, a very efficient functional quarterback in Division One football. Wow. They don't, they, they don't, they're not they're, there's a lot of guys that size and that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't confuse that. And it, let me just back up to show you how important it is in, in recruiting. Kelly, if you said, okay, Jay, you've got, you're going to have one, you can only sign one player this year. You can only sign one player. Then, then, and you say, what position would that be for us? The, it would be the point guard. We, we, we need that. That, that is, that is that much critical. And I think with a point guard, uh, we, maybe with a little more solid point guard play this year, more consistent point guard club play, we may have won five or six more games. All those games that we seem to lose right there at the end, uh, you know, may, maybe, maybe we flip some of those around. But so I think it's that critical. But so I, yeah, I would say that. Now, of course, the big the big guys are they're not as many of those kind of guys out there. But I do think I do think with some of the ones that we are recruiting hard, they understand that we've got a lot of the pieces in place now. And uh, by coming here, they can play a big role in, in being on a on a on a program that's on the rise. All right, coach. I know you got to get out of here. It's one thirty. Thank you so much for your time, and, and uh, we, we're behind you all the way, babe. Keep working. I know. Listen, thank y'all so much. I appreciate what y'all are doing, and we're 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 in here. We were in here yesterday, last night, but in here today again today, sawing log and and, and trying to get uh, Southern Miss basketball back to where our fan base wants it, where it deserves to be, where it needs to be. All right, Coach Jay Ladner, men's Thank basketball coach for the Golden Eagles. I'm Kelly Sander. Luke Johnson's in Laurel. The Eagle Hour, Thursday's edition, will continue on the other side of this commercial break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. They have that 895 highly heralded lunch every single day. Tomorrow, uh, on Friday, it's Catfish Friday. You get the best fried catfish in the country. In fact, uh, the Northwestern State baseball players who had some of it said it was so good they didn't even realize it was fish. That's how good it is. And, of course, that 895 includes your uh, soft drink that goes along with it. Their next uh, big trivia contest is going to be the night of um, 
March 17th. That's St. Patrick's Day, although it's not necessarily St. Patrick's Day theme, but their trivia will be March 17th. The best place in the area to shoot a game of pool or just hang out with your Southern Miss friends. And they're constantly rotating all of their uh, some. Southern Miss memorabilia. They have so much of it, they have to keep you know rotating it to uh, put up all the new stuff. But it's the place to hang out right in the shadow of the rock on 4th Street, right over the Highway 49 Bridge. Kelly Sanner at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke is at the First Bank Studios in Laurel. Lots to talk about baseball-wise as the Raging Cajuns come into town this weekend. But I thought it was interesting, Luke, that... Uh, that Coach Ladner was talking about. Uh, you, you normally, I mean, back in the in the old days, and here I go again. But when you had the the um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's and the Wilt Chamberlains and the David Robinsons and those really big guys in the middle, it was always that's that's what your basketball team revolved around. I thought it was really interesting that he said the point guard is really what makes things go with basketball nowadays. You got to have it, and and you saw a couple years ago, uh, Doc Sadler's last year, what Tyree Griffin did. And when you have a guy that can take over a game, and taking over a game just doesn't mean that he scores 25 points. It means that he has figured out the defense, and he's sometimes taking over the game is is 10 assists, you know, or or, uh, no turnovers. And uh, Eagles saw a few years ago, you know, what what we had with that type. I, I think that's a huge statistic that I brought up to him. Eagles shot 199 threes less than their opponents this year. And I think that's why maybe, you know, some of those, we only scored over uh, 70, I think, seven times. And yeah, I think and that, I, that's a lot of it. Yeah, and I know, I know, Luke, that a lot of people are disappointed with the way the season went. But I'm, but I'm telling you that, and I've never been more confident when I say there's nobody that is going to outwork Jay Ladner and there's nobody that, that is more dedicated to getting the job done than Jay Ladner. I mean, no, now. I agree. You know, I'm 100%. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, but I'm, I still have 100% confidence that the guy and his staff will get it done. So switching to baseball, Scott Barry had a press conference today. Uh, Louisiana uh, Raging Cages. I so want to say ooh-la-la. I so want to say Louisiana <laughs> yeah. Lafayette. I'm trying to be appropriate. But um, anyway, Raging Cages were in Starkville last night. Got beat four to nothing. This is a, a random statistic. I don't think it got brought up last week when the Eagles played Mississippi State. But in the press conference today, Barry actually said State has twenty-seven pitchers on their roster. That that's staggering to me. Um, the amount he was talking today. Uh, this we don't have the clip for you on this, but just talking about how the you know the, the roster depth and how there's so much parity. And so when you have a team like Louisiana coming in this weekend, who I would say even has a more difficult non-conference schedule than than uh, than Southern Miss, it's pretty pretty amazing. But anyway, here's Coach Barry previewing the Raging Cajuns uh, at the press conference earlier today. Well, they pitch extremely well, especially on the weekend. Uh, you know, they're an older group. Uh, you know, they're I think they're nine and five now. They went into Starkville last night nine and four with their record, and uh, Mississippi State beat them four to nothing. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a club I feel like that's very offensive. Uh, you know, their style of play is uh, you know they'll throw anything at you. You know, they'll. They'll bunt a lot. They'll hit and run. They'll slash. They'll they'll do everything that uh, you know that they can to beat you. And, and it doesn't just happen early in the count. You know, stuff happens late in the count. So uh, they 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 thrive on you know being able to pressure pressure the opposition with the uh, the unexpected, I guess. But you know, their pitching is is really good. I think their batting average against is two eleven. So 
they've held the opponent down to uh, to not reaching base a whole lot. So, you know, they're going to they're going to be a very good baseball club as as we've seen in, in the prior clubs that we've played this year. You look at what Louisiana has done. I brought this up earlier in the week, but man, you look at. Uh, started at three games down at Turchin Stadium. They took two or three from Tulane. Then they uh, they had Louisiana Tech at home, beat Louisiana Tech two to nothing. Um, then they took uh, two of three from Rice. They lost a midweek to LSU, but then they took two of th- – or I'm sorry, no, they swept Rice at home. They swept Rice the last weekend in February. Turned around, beat Louisiana Tech again uh, in a midweek. Lost to McNeese and then took two out of three at Houston Baptist and then lost last night. So they're really good. I mean, <laughs> and and Kelly, I think what's so important about this weekend, you mentioned it in passing yesterday, but, man, what a weekend for Southern Miss fans uh, to be able to come in. What a weekend for the increase in capacity. Jeremy McLean's going to be on tomorrow. Walk us through that a little more. But, man, what a weekend. If you're going to have a, a capacity lift, this is the weekend for it to start. And here's what should really scare you to death. Not literally, but figuratively. What Coach Barry just said. The Cajuns pitching staff holds opponents to a 211 batting average. Well, it's no secret that the Eagles aren't exactly, aren't, you know, aren't exactly tearing the cover off the ball. What's their team average? What, 201 or something along those lines? Yeah, we're 201. Yeah, so you have a team that is not hitting the ball very well going up against a team that pitches very well. That's, that's usually a recipe for disaster. Now, he also said that the Cajuns are going to hit the ball pretty well, but you've seen in some of those scores that, that they haven't been knocking the cover off the ball either. So it, it seems to me like you've got a, a makings for a pretty low-scoring series with some, some pretty good teams. And I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I want to make a comment on what you said about uh, what Coach Barry said about Mississippi State having, what, 25 pitchers on the roster? Seven. 27. 27 pitchers on the roster. And my, my comment to those 27 pitchers is if you're, if you're one of about 18 of them or one of about 20, you know, uh, 15 of them, you're probably not going to get to play very much, which means you're not going to be seen, which means you're not going to get to sign at the next level. What are you doing there? What are you doing at a school where you're never going to get to be seen? You have to be at a school where you're going to play so that you can be seen, so that you can go to the next level. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, I mean, you got Lafayette, Louisiana, whatever you want to call them, again, uh, holding the opponents to a 211 batting average, Southern hitting 201. Yeesh. <laughs> I, I one of those one of those hitters uh, is our, our leadoff guy, Gabe Montenegro, kind of slowest start of his career, 175. Coach Barry commented on that and, and what they're trying to do to get Gabe uh, going back, uh, getting back to where he has been traditionally, historically throughout his career, and this is what Coach Barry had to say. Oh, we've been working really hard with him to get him jump-started. I think Gabe is, is a young man that really felt like, uh, you know, that he really had to be the guy. Uh, you know, when we – when we didn't get to return Gidry, uh, you know, certainly that was a mainstay in the middle of our order. I think that that really depleted any older guy. That would have been the only senior position player that we would have had back. Uh, but I think Gabe put has put a lot of pressure on himself to be that that upper class guy that gives us that leadership in that direction. And, and when things haven't gone his way or I, I think it's a result of him just trying to to pressure 
put too much pressure on himself. So we're just, you know, basically trying to, to work some things with his swing that, that enable him to, to give him a chance to be successful like, like he once was and to try to take that pressure off from him. So, you know, nobody, nobody practices and, and, plays harder than, than Gabe Montenegro and uh, and he'll come out of it. I mean he's too good of a player and he's shown in prior years that he's that kind of player. He'll he'll figure it out and you know hopefully it'll be this weekend. And so I, I think that's really important for Golden Eagle fans to hear. Uh, they are just going, you know, the plan is just to kind of let him hit out of it, and they've been doing some things specifically with that. But, I mean, Montenegro, too good of a hitter. And, and Kelly, I guess you you feel that. You know, if, if you're the dude coming back and you're the leadoff guy and you think about the big hits he's had, he had one against UConn, but you think about the regional um, a couple years ago, and, and Montenegro puts this on himself, and, and hopefully he can relax a little bit because he is very, very, very important at the top of that offensive lineup. But one of the toughest things that coaches have to deal with and wrestle with in the their own mind is when is enough enough and I'm not suggesting that that they're anywhere close to that with Montenegro but with any player that is struggling how long can you let any one player struggle before you have to make a change because you've got other players sitting on the bench going man this guy is struggling and he still gets to play what do I have to do to get in the lineup you know I could I could be in the lineup and struggle you know, why don't I get the chance? So, so all those sorts of things that a coach has to wrestle, wrestle with. And again, let me underline and capitalize. I'm not suggesting that Montenegro is anywhere near that chance or near that point. I'm just saying that is a really tough thing that coaches have to deal with is how long do you let somebody deal with a funk before you finally say, I have to make a move. Yeah, and and he's done that earlier in the season. Um, you know, just uh, he actually told us uh, Stanley had a hot game on Saturday, so that's why he, he started him on Sunday. We saw Lynch, um, you know, get get put on the bench for a couple games, and early in the season, just trying to figure it out. And and obviously, with a guy like Gabe Montenegro, I hear I hear you saying this is that you you give him the benefit of the doubt because he's done yes. so much throughout his career, and and uh, it it'll be interesting to see what their Louisiana's hitting two fifty three as a team and. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun for sure. Parrot night tomorrow night at the Pete. We'll run through uh, the schedule of this weekend and some of the other things going on. So football news for you. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Wrapping up this Thursday where we talk a little bit about a lot of things. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our, by our friends at DBAT and D1 at the uh, large facility that they have in the former Gaddytown location in Hattiesburg right off of I-59. Perfect training facility for your youngsters getting ready for the softball season or youth baseball season. Those opening days are coming up in just a couple of short weeks, two or three weeks. Or if you're an uh, oldster like me and want to get in shape, I, I, they actually asked me to come up there and visit all the time. And they uh, put me up in front of the kids and, and tell them that this is what you look like if you don't train. <laughs> as an adult and who would want to grow up and look like this right anything to do to help uh d1 and dbat training facilities uh check them out a great place for your kids to stay active it used to we used to have them active in grade school but since we have 
don't have PE anymore. Um, D1 and DBAT training can help you do that. Luke Johnson has us ready now for Southern Miss uh, sports activities going on today, tomorrow, and throughout the weekend. Luke, get us up to date. Yeah, before we go to the Southern Miss baseball schedule um, for this weekend against Louisiana, just a, a recap of what's going on in the Conference USA basketball tournament. Um, Kelly, I told you I was kind of I was kind of concerned. Uh, I was like, this is not a double elimination um, tournament, but there was like eight games listed. Well, we we love the webmaster of the Conference USA website, don't we? I mean, he's just yeah. awesome. <laughs> G- gives us baseball scores eight months later. What happened was they copied the schedule twice, and so that's why eight games are being are pulled up. So, congratulations again to the webmaster of the Conference USA website. All right. So what happened last night, UTSA eliminated Charlotte 72-62. Rice upset Marshall. That was just kind of the wow, that just happened moment. Rice beat Marshall 72-68. FAU knocked out UTEP 76-70. North Texas eliminated Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee didn't even have to play their first game because of uh, FIU had to, had to cancel. So North Texas knocks out Middle Tennessee 76-56. Um, so here's the schedule for today. At 5.30, UTSA against Western Kentucky. Rice against UAB at 6 o'clock. Louisiana Tech against FAU at 8.30. And then North Texas against Old Dominion at 9 p.m. Both Western Kentucky and Old Dominion um, got a bye. Um, Rice is pretty hot, Kelly. And, you know, if, if they're able, that should be a good game against UAB if they're able to start hitting from the outside. But, you know, my, my Monopoly money um, would be on probably Western Kentucky. It just with their coach and with their players, and I think Coach Ladner even told us that's the most talented team. Uh, but it, this this Rice UAB game be interesting to see what happens in that one. Yeah, but you'd think that Rice has got to be running out of gas. I mean, this is this is their third night in a row that they've played, and with COVID, you know, they they play two games a week, and here they going for a third game in a row uh, per night, and UAB is sitting there well rested. Um, I think the game of the night is going to be that FAU Louisiana Tech game. I think those are two sure. teams that have the potential to win the whole thing. Uh, they wouldn't be favored to win it, but I think I think UAB, like you, UA, uh, Western Kentucky or UAB, may be the teams that should play in the final. But one thing we all agree on is that whoever wins this tournament is going to be the only Conference USA entrant in the uh, NCAA basketball tournament. So these teams have got to be razor sharp yeah. uh, going forward. For sure. A little football news. Um, Southern Miss loses a transfer. The Missouri defensive tackle transfer, Montre Edwards, who originally was from Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, Will Hall letting the, the media know today that he's no longer with the team and he will be planning to attend junior college. Kind of disappointing. Uh, Edwards was a big transfer. He was 6'3", 295 pounds, and he was going to play um, you know, defensive line. One of those uh, guys, Eagles, got two defensive linemen, Everett Cunningham from Memphis, and, and Edwards had four years to play. So unfortunate for that. Maybe the Eagles will have a chance at him in, in another year um, to, to come back. So football news. All right. Uh, it is uh, Parrot Head Weekend in honor of Jimmy Buffett. If you go in front of the hub on campus you can see the exact spot and there's one of those historical markers to talk about it where um, Jimmy Buffett met fingers in their relationship 
uh, took off um, uh, musically uh, and and just friends over all these years. Game one tomorrow night at 6 p.m. at Pete Taylor Park, CUSA.TV with the TV, John John Cox with the radio call, 2 p.m. on Saturday, Sunday at 1 p.m. And Golden Eagles will be wearing those paired head jerseys. You can hit up campusbookmark.net if there's any left, and you can have one of those. And uh, Kelly, you know, I'm going to reach out to the Southern Miss um, traffic police today and parking administration. You, you told me something off air pretty interesting about Jimmy Buffett and Southern Miss. Yeah, I think I think if uh, if the stories are true, he has a couple of thousand dollars worth of parking tickets uh, from his days on campus that still have been unpaid. And I think if you rack up the late fees and interest, I'm sure. Not that he couldn't pay it out of his petty cash fund at this point in his life, as well as he has done, but he has refused <laughs> to pay uh, those parking tickets. And and although they do have that plaque where him and fingers met, if you were to go to any classroom on campus, I understand you would be standing exactly a place where Jimmy Buffett Never, Never was. <laughs> so, so that yeah, would be. Took a, the, he you, took the scenic route, didn't he? Yeah. And, and still never came out with a degree. Hey, uh, God bless big, him. Big show you know? tomorrow. We're, yeah, big show tomorrow. We're going to have Jeremy McLean on for a couple segments. Uh, JC Keys, former Southern Miss pitchers, on tomorrow. We're going to formally request, and I'm going to get this confirmed with the university today to, to see if that they know anything about that. If Jeremy, if if uh, Jimmy Buffett still has that, we're going to make a, re- a formal request to Jeremy McLean tomorrow to reach out to Doctor Bennett and formally pardon Jimmy Buffett of all his parking tickets. I'm sure Steve they would. Uh, can uh, can make that happen. I'm sure they would be glad to do that if Jimmy Buffett were to make a hundred thousand dollar contribution to the foundation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure he would. Hey, thanks for joining us today on this Thursday. Same time tomorrow, we'll be back. Join us then, and as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.